Welcome to Lifelines. This is John Augustine. Today's biography is titled, Charles Sumner and the Coming of the Civil War, by Donald David. There is a select group of people who have become prominent in history because of one brief moment in their lives. We remember Rosa Parks for that one moment she refused to change seats on the bus. The reporter and adventurer Henry Stanley is remembered for one brief statement. Dr. Livingston, I presume? Charles Sumner was born and raised in Boston and remained a Massachusetts man for the rest of his life. Though his family was not prominent, he enjoyed an unusual opportunity as a young man, a European journey where he witnessed, among other things, the coronation of Queen Victoria and students at the Sorbonne, black and white, studying together. The trip enhanced his foreign language skills, introduced him to influential men. When Charles Dickens visited America, he asked Sumner to be his guide and friend. Back home, he studied law at Harvard and became quite a successful lawyer. At the same time, he was becoming an idealist, inspired by the great moral leaders of New England, like the liberal churchman William Ellery Channing, Ralph Waldo Emerson, and his mentor, ex-president John Quincy Adams. Sumner dedicated himself to progressive reform, especially the abolition of slavery. At the time, senators were chosen by their political party, not by public vote. Sumner was sent to Washington by his party to fight for repeal of the fugitive slave law and prevent new incoming states from endorsing slavery. He was selected because of his skills as an orator, as Donald says, one of the greatest talkers in American history. He would write his speech in advance, memorize it, and deliver it on the Senate floor over the course of three or four hours. He hadn't actually seen slaves until he was 23, traveling through Washington. He was appalled. Everyone he had met in Europe told him that slavery was America's disgrace. New Englanders felt the same. Carried away by righteous anger, Sumner condemned slavery, the slaveholding states, and some Southern senators by name. Southern politicians were furious, especially a House member from South Carolina named Preston Brooks, who prided himself on living by the code of a Southern gentleman. He did not consider Sumner a gentleman, and the code called for an inferior's insult to be answered with a cane or a horsewhip. Brooks chose a cane. A couple of days later, after the Senate had adjourned and Sumner lingered writing at his desk, Brooks walked over and assaulted him beating him on the head and shoulders until the cane broke. Sumner, trapped in his chair, struggled to rise and defend himself. Other senators rushed to intervene, but Sumner was already a bloody and broken man. The attack had lasted about a minute, a moment. But this was the event that put Charles Sumner into history. He would be re-elected to the Senate, return to Europe seeking medical treatment, chair the Senate Foreign Relations Committee during Lincoln's administration, and live into old age. But he would never fully recover. And they were interesting years. Shortly after the attack, a Connecticut schoolgirl told her parents, I don't think it's much use to stay any longer in high school, as the boys would be better learning to hold muskets and the girls to make bullets. Prophetic words. America was on the brink of the most terrible war we would ever fight, and the attack on Sumner would be remembered as the first blow struck in that civil war. This program has been Lifelines. 
I'm John Augustine.